Blaine and Mickey 104.5 is old. Woo! Halfway through the hump day show, which means we're more than halfway through the week. How about that? Thanks for turning on my mic. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, you. Get the mic on. Check one, two, one, two. Uh, Titans fans, a guy that you like is back, Avery Williamson. And and not just like back to look around or on a practice squad. That rascal is on the active roster again. Where's he from? Milan, Tennessee, mm. via, via Kentucky. Yeah. Pretty exactly. cool stuff. And Blaine, we were talking since the break, and we were like, man, he was drafted in 2014. You were like, he's 29 years he's old. 29. He's only 29? Oh, yeah. He still got some tread out there. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 he has – the only thing left for him now is just get him a ring. Mm, boy, he, he proved himself in the league, became a starter, did really well, got paid, went to another team, and then he got injured. And then now, you know, he's, he's working his way back into the lineup. And this is a place where – with all the injuries at linebacker, he may get an opportunity. One more guy go down. He may be out there sooner than later. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I th- yeah, I think they're bringing him in, you know, as a backup, at least at this point. What do you think there, uh, Lucas? What did uh, Vrabel say? Talked about what he brings. Uh, he did. They didn't overlap, right? Williamson. Oh, left I set for the it up. Jets. I thought you were going to play the video. <laughs> I thought you were teeing me up. <laughs> you can do both. We can hear from both of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, then don't talk in our ear and tell us you got to. <laughs> and then you, know, you don't play the video. I apologize video. for doing my job. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just provide depth. Oh, you know, provide depth at that position. <laughs> you know, Avery's played a lot of football, winning football, so. You know, we'll kind of see where that is, um, see how quickly he gets, you know, caught up to speed. What do you see on tape, his strengths as a player? He's a you know, good run defender. He's quick, you know, diagnosis, reads, reacts. Uh, we, you know, I liked him, watched him when he was here. I haven't seen a whole lot of him uh, since then. I know it, he moved on in free agency about the same time I got here. Yeah, that was uh, Mike Vrabel. He moved on when I got here. Yeah, but one thing was key there. It says read in his diagnosis. Uh, so he understands, uh, I'm going to call it the triangle read. There's a lot more of the reads involved there at middle linebacker. Uh, but that was really his strength, really beating people to the punch and really making plays in the backfield just because of his read reaction on, on keys and reads. So, yeah, I, I liked him as a player, solid player, not spectacular, right. still young, so still got some twitch to him, still got some tread on the tires and banging, and, you know, shoulders are probably fresh. You know, uh, he tore his ACL. That's really what got him out of the Jets. But he was he was playing really well. I, I followed him mm-hmm. really well with the Jets. Uh, and it always the knock was he was just more of a run defender than a, a you know a pass you know cover linebacker. And that that probably still true. Uh, but he definitely improved on that. Uh, and if you're bringing him in here for depth piece, yeah, that, why not? Somebody you're familiar with actually as a teammate and personality. And Jr. actually was part of him being here too so i don't think he drafted him but he was here when he was here uh at the same time and you said you said two two key words that run defense what's this team been struggling with Ooh. what they really struggle with against the jags hey, every Wimson's probably probably got to go in there and fill some of those gaps and, yeah. and and shore some of that up yeah well we and also you know you don't know how much his assistance in just the meeting rooms with the other linebackers this just use evans mm-hmm. for some of the keys and reads and maybe he's having some issues with you know, what he was taught before and what he's being taught today. Uh, so you just never know where that's at. And he's got to take the onuses on him. Eventually he's on the football field and he has to make those keys and reads and reaction. Because it's, you know, it's just real interesting and fascinating to me. These are kind of the untold stories. Like 
why has Rashawn Evans not played up to the ability that I saw two years ago, which to me two years ago he was on track to be a, a Pro Bowl player. It was there, there was no doubt, none in my mind. And you don't throw that around. Yeah. You don't throw the you don't throw that around. Yeah, he he yeah. was making plays in the backfield on the goal line. I mean, he he was wow. He looked like, man, this guy, he takes one more step. He's gonna be got people talking about. And all of a sudden, you know, we can dismiss last year it was COVID. You don't know what was going on with each guy personally, you know, uh, and trying to fight through all of that. But it's kind of continued this season. And I, I'm just wondering what why is that? I'm I'm perplexed. Like, I've never seen a player kind of dip like he's dipping, you know, with all that talent that he has. And he, actually, he was improving in pass coverage, too, uh, compared to when he first got here. Not to say that that's, you know, great, but it's still, you can get by with it. Uh, what all could, if a guy doesn't have an obvious physical ailment, you know, it's not like, well, he's got turf toe real bad, or he's coming off an Achilles. It, we did have a quad at this last yeah, game, just yeah. this last game, though. But it's but, he, but it was before that that we were noticing. But what it mean? He had a lot of tackles, but I don't recall him anything in the backfield or at the line of scrimmage. Right. His I know this position coach changed. He's got different. He's got a different position coach. Two years ago. Two years ago, and we're going back two years. He's had, uh, well, now he's got Shane Bowen as a defensive coordinator. So he's been working within the same scheme in in effect all this time. Mike Rabel's defense. What could it be that could derail a guy who we all think this guy's on a rocket ship to the Pro Bowl, and then suddenly, like you said, people are talking about him, people are talking about him now, but for other reasons. Man, I have it's a mystery, with, right? Yeah, without being in the locker room and knowing him personally, because I don't know him, I, I have no idea. You know, you hear people talking about he never had the green dot, so then that's going to be a questions on you know how sharp he is as a, as a player mentally uh, on the football field. Uh, you know, the change of coaches sometimes. It gets a little confusing. You hesitate just a split second on your reads because they're, you don't understand, like, maybe their language as much as you did before the other coach. And it's up to you to decipher that. It's it, Ultimately, it goes back to him. There's nowhere else to go but him. Uh, and it's contract year. So you would think he's trying to have the best season regardless. Uh, <laughs> whoever's coaching him, uh, if he's injured or whatever, to give his best. And right now, man, I, I think uh, he's hurting his market value, I would have to say that. And it's contract year. And this is a guy who didn't get his option picked up by the team. Ja L uh, in uh, the Zone TV chat says Dean Pease left. Yeah, Dean Pease left. Sure did. Was he coaching linebackers? Uh, no, but he was ultimately calling the shots then. Yes, he was. Yeah. He was. You mentioned this a couple times. It's, you know, it's really weird, though, and, and to – not to defend either side on this uh, with, with Evans or, you know, maybe coaching, whatever it may be. Sometimes scheme and fit for certain players, it's up to the coaches to put you in position to make plays based off your skill set. But it's also up to you to figure out how you can fit into this defense so you can perform at a high level. So you got to block all those things out and just go ball. I mean, at the end of the day. If, if you it. can't process how he explains or don't like the way he explains it to you and it makes it when I say that I'm talking about that means it's confusing to you. Right. It's, you just you just don't have the same, you know, vibe and understanding. Well then it's up to you to figure it out. It's up to you. You're grown. Is this like a cornerback getting drafted out of ball state and a bunch of guys get injured and they say, You're a box safety now? Go get it, Tiger. 
Yeah, and I was like, no can do. <laughs> uh, I had to have a lot of conversations with myself that I'm going to have to do this. Yeah, yeah. But also, then you convince yourself, oh, this is fun. Not only get to do box safety, I get to be a half-field safety. I get to be a slot corner. So I still get to do corner dudes, and I get to blitz. Yeah. Ooh, this is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you, you eventually try to convince yourself this is the way that it was meant to be, and I'm going to make the most of my opportunity. And then I end up teaching myself with the coach's help right. on how to read line play. That's why when I talk about the triangle read, I've done it. I've actually done it. And I'm trying to beat people to punch. There's no way I was going to run through a 300-pound guy. All right, somebody's sitting in the car, and they're saying, what's the triangle thing you're talking about? Well, every position uh, at the linebacker spot, you kind of got a triangle read. So if you're at middle linebacker, let's say you're in the middle of the field, and you're reading center, guard, guard, to then the backfield. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of, they just give it that term, but it doesn't always equate to uh, a triangle read. And sometimes you, you have to be able to see all those things at once to know where you're supposed to fit in that defense that's called. Yeah. So that's why, like, people act like we're playing Sandlock and it's Little Leagues. You know, like, oh, just run to the ball. No, oh. that's, not, that's not how it's going to work here. Yeah, if you want to be good. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, you get confused on where you're supposed to be reading because maybe a new coach is telling you to do like this or maybe not telling you anything he thinks you know. And then you keep going out here dropping the ball. So, yeah, that's a great question because I, I said triangle. And I yeah. really always want to dumb it down to the that they could feel like they could see what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, is that it's, it's harder to do than what I just said because mm-hmm. every play, and based off what the offense is running, and then what you have called and where you're supposed to fill in your gaps when they do these blocks. And guess what? You're practicing them in nine on seven every day on the defense called and where your run fits are, let alone you're walking through them yeah. too. So, it, oh, it comes back to the player. Yeah. Comes back to Jordan Dejani for us, CBS NFL reporter. All the latest from the NFL next right here on Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Time to talk some NFL headlines with our guys, Jordan Dejani of CBS Sports. Jordan, hey, man, you're, first of all, how in the world are you doing? Second of all, you are a, a Tennessee guy like our friend Lucas Panzica. How pumped are you about this full stadium at night against Lane Kiffin? Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. And, man, I'm very excited. I can't wait for this game. I'm glad that the Tennessee's offense has, you know, seemed to get back on the right track. They're putting up some points. They're looking better and better each week. Now they get to take on another High-profile offense led by a guy we have some history with in Lane Kiffin. So I'm extremely excited for it. I can't wait for Saturday. All right, which one of these things makes you more nervous? We'll play which one makes you more nervous. It's a new game I just invented right now as we're talking to each other. (laughs) Which one makes you more nervous? Derrick Henry's workload or how many times Ryan Tannehill has been whacked so far? Oh, without a doubt, it's with how many times Ryan Tannehill's been whacked. I mean, I think he's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL at 20. And uh, I tweeted this earlier today. It's a stat probably people have been bringing up over the week. But he only was sacked, I think, 24 times last week. He's already up to 20. So looking at some of the hits he's taken, I mean, that's a huge concern for a team that not only wants to win the AFC South, but also wants to make a run in the playoffs. The quarterback's the most important position. So I'm very uncomfortable with how often Ryan Tannehill's getting hit. 
Yeah, I, you you accidentally. I do this all the time. You said twenty four times last week. It just seemed that way, but yeah, twenty four <laughs> times last year. Our buddy Jordan Ajani of CBS Sports joins us to talk NFL on Blaine and Mickey. Well, we can't not talk about the NFL without starting with what is your understanding of the Gruden firing? It seems like there is more to the story besides what we know. But uh, on the surface, what were your thoughts on on that whole deal with Gruden? Yeah, let's get this out of the way first. So obviously, John Gruden made the, made the right decision in resigning. The Raiders made the right decision in terms of moving on from John Gruden as their head coach. Uh, there was no other option at this point in time. What he said uh, was obviously incredibly inappropriate. Uh, there's no room for that in today's NFL, especially, where they're trying to make it their mission to be more accepting to everyone. Um, but, you know, not to downplay that headline, of course, but mm-hmm. the circumstances surrounding this uh, are what I find intriguing. I mean, these emails were reportedly discovered during the investigation of the Washington football team. There were two waves of leaks when it came to Gruden, and the final came after he coached on Sunday in what was his last game. Um, you know, what else is out there is my question. Hundreds of thousands of emails that the league now has You know, a lot of people were in contact with Bruce Allen, who was the former president of the Washington football team. A lot of people were in correspondence with him, so they have all those emails. And then there's another facet to this as well when it comes to the NFL at large. How did the Washington football team or investigation wrap up without any additional details coming to light with no written report being released to the media? Why is this Gruden stuff coming out now? This story, in my mind, is not 100% done. I mean, we saw something come to light regarding Adam Schefter today. There could be more stuff coming out tomorrow, next week. I don't know. Um, I was given a statement from Lisa Banks and Deborah Katz, who were the lawyers representing 40 former employees of the Washington football team through that investigation, and they were calling upon the league to release all of the emails. And they are not the only people. The NFLPA also came out asking for the NFL to release all of these emails. And if they do... I'm sure that some stuff was said that's going to make many owners, business people, head coaches, whatever, uh, look pretty bad. So obviously the Gruden situation right now, that's the headline. But when it comes to this entire investigation situation, whatever you want to call it, unfortunately, I don't think we're done just yet. Mm, Yeah, that's how I feel, too. We're always Jordan Dijani, NFL writer for CBS Sports. Now let's talk about a little bit of on-field and watching – Monday night with Lamar Jackson, man. He looked like he's the most dangerous player, not quarterback, player in the NFL. When I looked up his stats there, Jordan, fifth in the NFL in passing yardage, but eighth in the NFL in rushing yardage. Man, what about that performance there against the Colts, who I thought the Colts looked pretty good. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. I almost tweeted around the third quarter, the Ravens just didn't show up tonight. And I'm glad I didn't because old, old takes exposed would have gotten me pretty bad. But, man, what a comeback to watch. Lamar Jackson is should be one of the front runners in the MVP race. And I was saying this before his breakout performance on Monday night. What he's doing as a passer, he looks better than he ever has when it comes to throwing the ball down the field. And that was always the biggest knock on the kind of player that he is. And, I mean, he threw for 442 yards. That's a career high for him. He, he only had two previous 300-yard games, I believe, the second of which came against the Broncos last Sunday. So, you know, he's evolving as a passer. And because of his um, evolving, we're seeing a lot of his weapons put up career numbers too. I mean, Mark Andrews had a career game. We already know he's one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I love Marquise Brown, by the way. Hollywood Brown, I think, has the potential to be one of the best receivers in the NFL with the kind of elite speed he has. So, yeah, when it, when it boils down to it, man, this Ravens team 
even though they face so much adversity through the preseason when it comes to injuries, they are a legitimate contender. And like, like you guys mentioned, the Colts played a pretty solid game. That was definitely Carson Wentz's best game as a, as a member of the Indianapolis Colts, but it didn't matter because Lamar Jackson willed this team to victory. Well, you talked about Jackson being the best player or maybe MVP at this point in time, but where are you with Josh Allen, who the Titans face on Monday night in the beatdown they put on the Chiefs? Yeah, Josh Allen is obviously a front runner for sure when it comes to MVP. A lot of people were calling for his downfall, thinking that he was due for a regression after a breakout season in 2020, but that just hasn't been the case. I mean, 315 yards, three touchdowns against the Chiefs, that's an impressive box score, but I think what really stood out to me was just his command of the offense and uh, his, you know, his ability as a playmaker to move the ball down the field. That's what makes him one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, in my mind. He's poised. He knows how to unleash that big arm. He knows how to make good reads on the run as well. It seems like he's just getting better. He's one of the hottest players in the NFL, leading one of the hottest teams in the league. A lot of people were looking at the, che- at the Bills, excuse me, thinking that, you know, they were getting off by beating bad teams. But they showed you that they are for real. They're every bit a legitimate contender in the AFC, as the box score says they are. So, yeah, huge matchup for the Tennessee Titans in prime time. Let's hope for the best. Mm, uh, man, well, the, the Chiefs, are they in trouble? My man, Andy Reid, I love the guy, but, man, two and three, did we envision two and three at this point? Yeah, they're absolutely in trouble. First of all, no, I did not foresee this happening. I thought they made some good additions on the offensive line, and I thought they were going to keep rolling. But all of a sudden, they're in last place in the AFC West. I mean, the defense has been the main issue in my mind. I mean, they've allowed 29-plus points in each game this season, allowed at least 400 yards in four out of their five games this year. They haven't had a takeaway in three straight games. The defense is legitimately one of the worst in the NFL. And I don't care if you have the best offense in the NFL. It's going to be hard to hoist the Lombardi at the end of the season when you have one of the worst defensive units in the league. So that's why there's reason to have legitimate concerns for this Chiefs franchise. But again, it is early in the season. If they can game plan differently, if they can maybe bring some pieces in, kind of get back on their feet defensively, we know that this offense has the potential to be one of the most explosive units in the NFL. So there's time for a turnaround, but right now there's definitely a lot of reason to worry. Well, I'm going to stay with the, the Bills and the Titans. And, and how do you see, give us a preview of what you think probably is going to happen. Let's say that. Yeah, so predicting the game, uh, unfortunately I am leaning towards the Bills. There's no doubt about that. But I'll give you one kind of underrated X factor that I've been uh, thinking about, and, and that's the ground game for the Bills. So they, they didn't necessarily have to rush the ball to be effective against the Chiefs. Um, on Sunday night, but I think that we've seen the Bills' rushing attack be a little improved compared to last year with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. We saw with James Robinson how he fared against Tennessee's run defense last week. He had a very impressive outing. You know, the Bills, they can hurt you on the ground now, or they can hurt you through the air, of course. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Bills' game plan for attacking Tennessee's defense. Is this a matchup where they want to control time of possession, establish tempo, and then take their shots downfield? Or do they want to take the under? Or they want to take the field under the lights in prime time and, and try to drop fifty on this defense's head? So I'm kind of interested to watch that. It's kind of pick your poison against this offense. So I, I'm also interested to see how the Titans want to game plan for, for this. Where, where where are they going to bring their pressure from? How are they lining up defensively in the secondary? Uh, you know, there's a lot of things you have to account for when it comes to lining up against this deep or this offense. Well, I'm with uh, Jordan Dijani, NFL writer for CBS Sports. Jordan, you know, you know right now 
who is not upset at all about everything that's going on with John Gruden, Urban Meyer. Because it's like, wow, nobody's even said my name in like two days. This is incredible. Uh, Herb still has to deal with everything that Herb's got to deal with. Uh, what's the latest down there? And, I mean, is there anything that could get him fired this year, do you think? So we haven't heard anything more about this story. Obviously, the, you know, the, the NFL storyline has definitely shifted more to John Gruden. And I, I honestly don't think that there's been any other kind of repercussions coming from what happened to Urban Meyer's wild weekend in Ohio. Um, But then again, there always is a possibility that he could be relieved of his duties in the middle of the regular season. That's very true. And that could be for a couple of different reasons. One would be another off-field issue. Um, You know, if Urban Meyer is doing stuff like that on his, you know, days off when he has a long week, I have some questions about things that he thinks are okay and what's not okay. Uh, But the other thing would obviously be, you know, his on-field performance. The Jaguars are on the cusp of having the longest losing streak by any franchise in NFL history. I think they need like five or six more games to reach that. So the Jaguars need to find the win column quickly in my mind. You know, I don't know when that's going to come. They have an interesting opportunity this week in London against the Miami Dolphins. We don't know if Tua's going to be back under center. But obviously the Jaguars brass, they want to see that they have a head coach that not only has the backing of his players, but also is showing improvement in terms of his decision-making as a head coach and also game planning for your opponents week in, week out. The Jaguars got to find that win column. They want to see some of their young talent develop. We haven't really seen that just yet. I do like what I've seen out of Trevor Lawrence, but Urban Meyer will always be a storyline to keep your eye on as we progress through the season. Did you tweet this out? The Jags haven't made a field goal this year? Yes. Isn't that an incredible trivia question? If you're going to the bar tonight and you're playing trivia and if there's a team that hasn't made a field goal through the first five weeks of the season, it is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think that breaks some kind of record. Pretty incredible. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. Jordan Dejani, our guest, CBS Sports NFL coverage at Jordan Dejani on Twitter. Well, since you're talking about field goals, man, why so many extra oh. points being missed over this last week? It was record number. I don't, worst in history. Yeah, worst in history. I don't know how many was missed. But I think it got up to like 20, I think uh, Lucas said or something. High number, man. What do you think is going on? This stuff is getting in these kickers' head. Huh? 25 total field goals and missed extra points combined. Heavens oh, wow. to Betsy. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, the Bengals and Packers, they saw five missed field goals and one missed extra point in the (laughs) same game. You know, that was absolutely – it's just wild. Because when the NFL moved the ball back for the extra point, you know, here's another cold take from me. I thought it wasn't going to affect the game at all. I was like, okay, it's like a chip shot field goal. You can line up the ball where you want to to try to convert on this extra point. And sure enough, it's made a huge difference. And it's weird because it's definitely making more of a difference this season. I don't know why that is. I would be interested in asking kickers, you know, what's going on in your head. Is it if you miss one, you, you know, you're in a bad state of mind moving forward. But Sunday was just absolutely incredible to watch all these kickers kind of having mental mistakes. And some of them were extremely co- costly as well. So that'll be a narrative to watch moving forward. What game are you looking forward to? I know, you know, the Titans actually played the Bills, but uh, I think the Cardinals play the Browns, right? That's, that seems like that's going to be a good matchup. What are you looking forward to? Yep, you took it right from me. I think that's probably the matchup of the week, in my opinion. And here's my take. I think that this is where the Cardinals suffer their first loss. They, mm. they have some injuries they're dealing with. You know how the NFL goes, right? There's all these narratives, and it seems like when a team's on the rise is exactly when they fall. And they had an opportunity last week against the 49ers, but 
they had a rookie quarterback starting, and it was a close game. I mean, the, the Cardinals barely covered the spread, but I expected them to win that game. Now they have to hit the road to take on Baker Mayfield and the Browns, an offense which just put up like 42 points on the road. Baker Mayfield's left shoulder looks okay. The rushing attack is incredible. Um, I'm looking at this game as the Cardinals' first loss uh, in my mind. But apart from that, you know, the Chargers and Ravens is another prime AFC matchup that a lot mm. of people are going to be watching. Yes. Can the Ravens continue their hot streak against, again, one of the hottest teams in the NFL? Justin Herbert looks like he's putting himself into the MVP conversation as well with how he's leading this high-flying offense. His first-year head coach, Brandon Staley, looks like he's a favorite for the coach of the year. The defense has been playing pretty good as well. So that's another uh, a, a battle of heavyweights, if you will, that everyone's going to be looking forward to. Another week, another great slate of games in the NFL. Like always, the NFL just print money, as Mickey would say. I guess lastly for me, give me your top two AFC teams and top two NFC teams through five weeks. Yeah, that's a good question. So for the AFC, you know, I'm probably going to be leaning towards the Buffalo Bills. I think that's probably an obvious one. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for the next one, this is tough because I think it's between two teams that are facing off this week and the Baltimore Ravens and the Los Angeles Chargers. And you know what? I'm probably going to lean towards the Ravens just because of how they've been able to deal with adversity through the early goings of the regular season. I mean, that's kind of paramount when it comes to building a contender and trying to establish the consistency that leads you to a Super Bowl. So I'll lean towards the Ravens right now. Now, as for the NFC, you know, I'm going to take a team from the NFC West, and it's actually not going to be the Arizona Cardinals. I'm looking at the Los Angeles Rams. They, They haven't played perfect football just yet. But I think that their best football is ahead of them. I like what Matthew Stafford brought to this offense. The defense has been more inconsistent than we would have liked, but I think they will get back on track. Um, And then the other NFC team will probably have to be the reigning Super Bowl champions, Tom Brady, who threw for 500 touchdowns against the Dolphins last week. They're sitting at 4-1. and They, of course, lost to the Rams. So in terms of my two NFC teams, you know, I'm looking at Tom Brady. I'm looking at Matthew Stafford. Mm. Man, how – What's the most yards a quarterback has thrown in a season? I had to ask you this because I think Tom Brady's on pace for 6,000. I mean, did you see numbers like that? Potentially. I don't know how his thumb is doing this week. I don't know if he played, but yeah. Yeah. He's on that pace. I think think the record's Peyton Manning. I thought it was like something like 5,477, 2013. When he was with the Broncos. That might be the record, but. The way the game's going, man, these quarterbacks are slinging the rock all over the field. So Tom Brady, even though he's very, he's, you know, he's up there in years, he hasn't really shown it on the field just yet. If he can maintain this level of consistency, then, yeah, we could see some records broken, especially with that 17th game. Mm, no doubt about it. We're on with Jordan Dejani, NFL writer for CBS Sports. Hey, before we let you go, let me read you this. Uh, NFL MVP odds. This is from one site that I saw. See if you can find any anything wrong with this list. So Josh Allen, uh, Kyler Murray. I'm reading them in order. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, uh, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. That's the top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Is there a name missing on there that you think should be on there possibly? Yeah, I think he doesn't play quarterback, but I am leaning towards a guy named Derrick Henry. Uh, And I think he should have been getting MVP votes last year, and and he didn't. So this is a guy who's having another incredible year. And I think what we need to point out, and this is something that people outside of Nashville probably aren't talking about, but 
Derrick Henry is known for finishing years on a hot streak, right? Putting up 200, 300 rushing yards in the final game of the season, not leading the NFL in rushing yards through the first few weeks of the season. So if he can maintain this kind of level of consistency and the production that he's been putting out week in, week out, then absolutely he should be an MVP favorite. But maybe you shouldn't have said that on air because in case he does make a huge run, all of us can get rich by placing money on him right now. Yeah, I'm gonna well, we can still do that. I mean, you get Mahomes and Lamar <laughs> plus 2,000 and plus 2,500 uh, right now, still no Derrick Henry. Uh, again, that's nine names and he's not there. That, that's just amazing to me. All quarterbacks, why not just say quarterback of the year and then MVP at this point? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous that the quarterback – I mean, it is a quarterback-driven league. I think everyone understands yeah. that, and it's the most important position in football. But the way, but how effective you are at other positions and how you affect the game and how you can carry an entire offense, whether you be a running back or receiver, obviously should put your name into that top consideration, at least in the top ten. Uh, Jordan, on the way out, uh, what you got on CBS Sports? I know you do a little gambling picks, things like that. What can people look for from you? Yeah, for sure. I'm releasing my gambling column tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, we went another four and one on my top five picks, sitting at number two in the company. So, going to be breaking down some some games from a gambling perspective. Going to be giving some advanced stats when it comes to placing your bets on those lines. Uh, definitely a lot of gambling focus coming down the line here at CBSSports.com. Really appreciate you guys having me on today and every week. Yes, sir. Always Thank a good you. time. Thank you, Jordan. Great stuff. All right. When we come back, Derrick Henry has done something else. That only Hall of Famers have done. And it's a nice list. Only Hall of Famers and Derrick Henry. I'll share that next. Blaine and Mickey. The King. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Um, Derrick Henry, I asked Coach Mack about this this week. I said, you know, are, are we taking it for granted? You know, do you think that we're... Just we're just getting bored of his greatest ego. So don't get bored of this because I mean you're never going to see it. This is not something you see. You can't get bored of it. Now maybe that was the wrong word because I never get bored of Derrick Henry's greatness. Mm. I mean it's, but here's the thing: we watch him every week. You know we keep asking about workload and you know his offensive coordinator got asked about. It. He's like, no, uh, Downing said no. Nobody's ever said in the headset uh, you don't need to give it to him less. So they're not. Uh, Vrabel got asked about it. No, I mean. Nobody's worried about it. Derrick Henry doesn't seem to be worried about it. He's like, no, I'll just keep giving me the ball. So this guy's getting, what is it? I think you said earlier this week, like 28 and a half times a game or something is his average carries. So he is, I wrote this down. He's 142 carries for 640 yards. That's 48 more carries. I think Alvin Kamara is actually second place in carries. That's 48 more carries than him and 117 more yards than second place. Through, through, uh, through five weeks so it's like man this is five games he's already got 600 yards and the thing is i guess nobody who's ever gotten 2000 has ever even gotten to 1500 the next year so it's like okay and then five games in he's got over 600 yards and there's 17 games and he's it so it's all that is mind-boggling so so what you're saying is he still can get 2000 yards if he keeps up this pace yes <laughs> He's going to get 2,000 again unless something crazy happens. Right. He's on He's on his pace to get 2,000 again. And I, the NFL media as a whole, I don't think they know what to do with him because I read nine people who have MVP odds, and he wasn't one of the nine he's people. He's not even on there. He's not even on the list of nine people, nine quarterbacks. Now, maybe he's number 10, but I wrote down the whole list. and he, There was nine people. He's not on the list. 
so this comes down today. There's a website, Pro Football uh, um, Reference. Oh, yeah. Which I love. That's my because you can sort anybody's stats. You know me and uh-huh. stats. I uh-huh. just love them. I love stats, numbers. I'm a total geek for that stuff. But they also send me, I wanted more stats because I'm sick. <laughs> so I signed up for this, Blaine. They email me more stats. Oh, so I don't just go to the website six times a day and look at stuff like Avery Williamson. I was glad I looked through all of his stats this morning because Avery's back. If you if you haven't been seeing that, Avery's back. It's official. He's re-signed with the Titans. And he's going through uh, King Henry's stats. That's what Avery's doing, too. Well, he's thinking, I'm glad I don't have to ever <laughs> stop this guy again. Yeah, I get to see uh, his greatness in, in person. And they were teammates before, but yeah. this is a different King Henry. That was the King Henry who, like, David Fluellen got some of his carries. Ain't nobody getting the King's carries anymore. David Fluell. Remember that? Yeah. Deion Lewis? I mean, Avery left, Avery left, and it's like, wait a second. So he gets all of the carries now? Yes, he gets all of them, with the exception of, your man McNichols did get a series on Sunday, a whole series. All you got to do is just put him in there, a series or two, and give King a little bit of rest, and he'll be – and that's about all I'd do. I'd keep doing what else they did. Two series. <laughs> and if that series go one, two, three, and they butt up, that was one of them. Hey, if Sorry, it's, Jeremy. If it's third and five or less, though, don't you have to keep him out there. Third oh, and five or less. I'll give you third if, and if nine. If that's his rest series, I'm still putting him back out there. Yeah, the rest. yeah. At the end of the day, they really – don't care about his carries. They don't care. And, 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 and it's his business, but he looks fine in their mind. <laughs> it, 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 there's nothing going on. We don't care about uh, week 13. 13, we may not even be around here. <laughs> so, no, we got to get it where we can. Just like they said, oh, we got to save Harold Landry's reps. <laughs> I laughed. I said, they don't care about his reps? What are you talking about? And that kept getting said. And every time we would come back in here and do a show, and you'd be like, they're not counting his reps. Nobody's over there going, uh, ding, 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 that's 30. Yeah. Because what happens is you have maybe the intention as a coach sure. in the league to say, ah, we're going to give him a rest. Then all of a sudden the game starts, and you go, oh, man, we, we can't take him out. He's the best we got. What are we going to do? He's tapping his helmet. They're like, no, no. 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 Stay in there. <laughs> Stay in. Half of you is better than what we got over here, man. <laughs> Stay out. Stay out. All right, Derrick Henry, he has stayed out for five games. Listen to this. I wanted more stats. They emailed me stats. If you know this website, you can sign up. They will send you more stats. And I and I just devour. You have to click on something special like more no, stats? I just said, I want more. Like one day I wished in a mirror. And then I, I got these. What stats did they give you more of the king? It can't be better than Robbie Board has. Oh, no. this I don't even, Now, Robbie's got them all. He, and he's the Titans PR guy. So here you go. Luke is going to start barking at us here. Okay, let's get to it. Player since 1950. <laughs> That's 71 years. So uh, the league has only existed for 101. Right? Yes. Okay. So almost three quarters of the history of this league with 600-plus rushing yards and six-plus rushing TDs through the first five games of the season. Here's the whole list. That has rushed for over 650? 600. Or 600 six touchdowns five, in five, five games. Weeks. Okay. Here's the whole list. The, the whole list. Okay. It's start, the whole list? Starting in reverse. Mm-hmm. Jim Brown in 1958. Jim, what he was had, it? Do you know his He name? had 815 yards and 13 touchdowns. <laughs> what? <laughs> in five weeks? And that was the record for fourteen game, or for 12 games was, was Jim Brown. Then OJ broke it in 14 games. He got his two. Th- so Jim Brown in 58, Jim Brown in 63. But this oh. is after five weeks. Yes. 
This is only after five weeks. He had 800 yards. And 13 touchdowns in five weeks. And somebody somebody tweeted me and said, yeah, against a bunch of guys who were delivery men in the offseason and smoked two packs a day. Doesn't matter. He was in the same time period that they were. Yeah, he might have been doing the same thing. He may have. He quit to go to Hollywood after nine years. He was the best player in the NFL and quit to become, become an actor. Think about somebody did that in a social media era. Yeah. Jim Brown, Jim Brown, O.J. Simpson, O.J. Simpson, Eric Dickerson, Emmett Smith, Terrell Davis, Curtis Martin. So that's eight people. Well, it's eight seasons. Two are O.J., two are Jim Brown, all in the Hall of Fame, and Derrick Henry. He's done it again. It's him and Hall of Famers. Derrick Henry, 640 yards, seven TDs is what they have him down for. And, and he's not even at – is he at 7,000 yards over his career? Uh, it's – Six and change right now. I yeah, believe. I, I would just hate to like just jinx him. Just just keep this space going, man. I I believe he he's got one more. Even after this, year, I think he got one more elite one. If they keep running him this much, man, six, he's, he's his tread is going to start getting low at some point. All right, six thousand five hundred even. That's what he's got. Three HL is next, and they got three hours to entertain you on the way home. We got to go. <laughs> Peace in the Middle East. Happy Wednesday.